Good morning, everyone. My name is Tim Harris, pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church. Delighted to, to welcome you. Uh, thank you for being here uh, in the overflow. God bless you guys. Welcome to you. Uh, we love you so much. Open your Bibles, everybody, to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. Pastor Brian Ahern, uh, Church on the Square, Prairie, Oklahoma. We love you so much. Uh, we love you and what God is doing there at Hebrews. Uh, God bless all of you. Beginning a new sermon series this morning entitled, When People Are Big and God is Small. But when people are big and God is small. This series is a long time in coming. Uh, I've been uh, practicing uh, not so much the preaching but the living of, of this uh, series of messages for some time, some matter of months. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm delighted to share some things with you. When people are big and God is small. What I want to try to do over the next few weeks is take a, a biblical theme, uh, and it's the theme that you find throughout Scripture. In the King James, it would be called the fear of man, the fear of man. All through Scripture, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says that the fear of man, the fear of others, is a deadly trap. The fear of people, fear of others, is a deadly trap, but trusting the Lord brings security. The fear of others. Now, when I say that, the word fear, uh, often you just think in terms of being afraid, and certainly we're talking about that too. There are some people who live in danger of harm from other people. And obviously we're talking about that. Other people can harm us. They can inflict physical pain on us. But, but always in scripture that word fear is broader than that. It goes deeper than that. It's not just being afraid that others might harm me. It's also that fear that others just might not like me or the fear that others will reject me, or the fear that others will not think well of me. Some of us are absolutely slaves to what other people think of us. And that too is what scripture is talking about when it talks about the fear of others, the, the, the fear of, of, of people. It's a trap, the Bible says. The problem is, as I begin to think about others and fear them, when I begin to give people too much of a place in my life, when I begin to be very controlled by other people's opinions of me, what I end up doing is putting other people in the position that really only God deserves. You understand that? I put them in the place that only God deserves. I put people in the place of highest priority in my life. And that's idolatry. You understand? So this fear of people is a very dangerous trap in our spiritual lives, but in our entire life, of course, as well. So the question becomes, how do we get past it? How do we vanquish that fear of others, that fear of people? And for that, we'll start by turning to Numbers chapter 13. It goes back further. You can find it on nearly every page of Scripture. But we'll go here because this is just such an incredible story of, of people who begin to look at other people and lose sight of God. Numbers chapter 13 Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. They have now come right to the border of the promised land. It is time to go in. And this is where we pick up. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. All right? How does the story begin? With God saying, I'm giving you this land, the land I'm giving. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes, so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. Verse 25, jump down, verse 25. 
After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, so far so good. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. Oh, really? We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Okay, just for fun. You know what Anak means? Long necks. Okay, so I don't know if they're really giants, but they're at least long-necked people. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and all along the Jordan Valley. Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. All the people were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And Anak means long-necked people. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Oh, so we interviewed some of the giants. Yeah, interesting. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in the battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader. Go back to Egypt. Hmm. The people are giants. We're grasshoppers. Interesting. Interesting. When people are big and God is small. Now, as I start this, some of you are already saying, Brother Tim, I'm, I'm not afraid of nobody. I'm not afraid of nobody. This, this sermon series can't apply to me. Well, let's talk about this a minute. Let's talk about the fear of man, as the Bible calls it. It, it really can, can take a, a number of different forms, and it can be called by a number of different things. Uh, when you were in elementary school or especially high school, we called it peer pressure. We call it peer pressure when we're young, but peer pressure isn't just something that afflicts young people. Most of us, even grown-ups, we go through our entire lives thinking an awful lot about what other people think of us. We're very, very afraid to look stupid or look ridiculous in other people's eyes. We think a lot about what other people think. It's, it's peer pressure sometimes. If you've gone through any kind of recovery program or ever been in counseling, maybe you've heard the word codependent. It's the same thing. 
Codependency is that tendency that some of us have to, to sort of be uh, addicted to, to, to people. Uh, addicted to another person or addicted to all other people, somehow uh, enthralled by them, even if they mistreat us, there is this tendency for some of us to, to absolutely say yes to other people when we ought to say no, and we know that we should say no. But we're so afraid of, of not pleasing people. We're so afraid of having others not think well of us. We absolutely live to make other people happy. Now that sounds like a good thing, but it gets very, very out of balance for some of us. It becomes a literal kind of fear of other people. It becomes a literal slavery to, to other people. Some of us, it's expressed just in the way other people drive us crazy. Other people make us so angry. Every single day, we just boil over with anger or, or jealousy or envy. Do you see how other people loom so large in our lives? We think about them. We want to be like them. We envy what they have. We envy how they look. We get so jealous. We get so angry. Other people sometimes just make us crazy. Do you understand? This incredible place that we give to other people in our lives. They're not worthy of that place. We say yes when we ought to say no. We, we tend to act sinfully rather than to look stupid in other people's eyes. It is a trap, the Bible says. The fear of other people is a dangerous trap. It's a dangerous trap, but it's also an ancient trap trap. You can see it all the way back here in, in the book of Numbers. It's, it's one of the most amazing Bible stories, and I remember hearing it as a, as a kid. I remember my Sunday school teacher talking about how the spies went into the land, and they came back with a cluster of grapes that two men had to carry on a pole between them. I thought that was an amazing story. And when the people said, there are giants in the land. You see, back in my day, I used to watch a TV show called Land of the Giants. And that's what I pictured. I pictured itty-bitty people walking around in a land of the giants. This is what I imagined. And I thought that what an amazing place and what a, what a challenge to go in and take land away from giants. But I can read this now as a grown-up. And I understand, as you should understand, that there just aren't any giants. There just aren't any giants. Understand that, that, that these people on this day, they'll walk away from the promised land. They'll all die in the wilderness. But in about 40 years, their kids will come back. The next generation will come back. And they'll take this land. And they won't be seeing any giants. You understand? There aren't any giants. And yet, these people say, we went into the land. It's a beautiful land. But we saw giants and we felt like grasshoppers. Interesting. It's a lie, but it's interesting. It's a lie because those people truly aren't giants. The people in the land of Canaan are just people. Maybe some of them are freakishly tall. I don't know. Maybe some of them have freakishly long necks. I don't know. But they're still just people. The people living in the land of Canaan, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, and all the Ites, you understand, they're still just people. Just people, just like these people, but that's not how they see it. They see giants, and when they look in the mirror, they see grasshoppers. People are big. 
You understand? And sometimes when people are big, we begin to feel very, very small. I want you to understand, it is not the truth. It is not the truth that there are giants there in the way that they say. It is not the fact that all the people there are huge. That just can't be true. There's got to be some midgets there. That There's got to be some preschoolers. It cannot be that all the people are huge. However, as Craig Rochelle says, a, a lie, even though it's a lie... A lie that you accept as true will affect you as if it is true. A lie that you accept as true will affect you as if it were true. And the fact is, this is a lie. It is not that all the people are huge, but now the the people of Israel, they believe that. They believe that lie. They have told themselves the lie, and now they accept the lie. And now you're going to watch this lie play out as if it were true. All the people are not huge. They really did not see a land of the giants. What they saw were other people, but they had this tendency to see other people through the lens of their own insecurity and fear. They were looking at other people through their own insecurity and fear. You and I do the same thing, and it will always distort the way we see people. When you look at other people through your insecurity, you might see giants. You will get a distorted distorted view of what other people are like. I go to a very large uh, Christian leadership conference once a year. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Catalyst. It's an amazing conference. First couple of years I went, though, it was kind of like, you know, I live in Woodburn, and, and, and y'all know all about Woodburn. I have to explain Woodburn. Y'all may not know about Atlanta. Atlanta's different from Woodburn. And the people there are different. They're giants there. Kind of, not really. But when I got to Catalyst, I, I sat down. I'm in this room with thousands and thousands of other pastors, most of them younger than I am, and that kind of makes me sick, but most of them are, are younger than I am. And I just start looking around the room, and I start thinking, man, all of these guys look like Ryan Seacrest. I mean, all of these young guys, they're, they're just really, really good-looking guys, and they all were dressed really, really cool. And the longer I looked at them, the more I started looking at myself thinking, you know, I look like Jethro. <laughs> and and I, felt, I felt like Jethro or, or Urkel. Do you remember Urkel? <laughs> the, lo- the longer I looked at other people, the, the better they looked. And, and, and the more physically attractive, and I start imagining that they're all smarter, and they're all better preachers, and they all come from bigger churches, and, and the bigger they got in my eyes, the, the smaller that I got. Do you ever do that sort of thing? We look at other people through the lens of our own insecurity, and whenever we do that, our vision gets very distorted. And the Bible says that's a deadly trap. It's a deadly trap. I can become enthralled by others, and you can too, but we don't see them very well. We really don't have a a true lens through which to see other people. We tend to see them through our own insecurity. That's why for many of us, whenever we walk in church and we see somebody else who's dressed more nicely than we are, we just look at ourselves and think, my goodness, you know, all my clothes are dumb. You ever do that? Or you pull in a parking lot at the mall, and you pull in next to a really nice car, and all of a sudden you think, man, I hate my car. I hate my car. 
You ever do that? You just start looking at other people, and automatically they, they get bigger, and you start getting smaller. Honestly, in order for some of us to think that we're smart, we have to be around people who we imagine are dumb. Because if other people turn out to be smart, then we feel dumb. It's almost as if if other people have more, then that automatically takes away from us. You're a lady and you walk into work or walk into school and you look around and you look at the other girls and, and you imagine that they're somehow prettier than you and automatically you hate yourself. You feel ugly. Isn't that interesting? Or you see a woman who's on a diet and just lost a lot of weight and all of a sudden you just hate yourself because you're so fat. We do this. We do this. Now understand, as the spies go in the land, they don't see huge people. They don't necessarily see people that are truly giants. It's just that they're insecure and they're afraid. And maybe there's something human about that. But the problem is, in their insecurity, they see these giants and they imagine that we could never win this. If we get into a battle with these guys, we can never win. They will always be stronger. You understand, in order for them to walk into that promised land and feel strong, in order for them to feel brave, they needed the other people to be weak. You see, they defined themselves in terms of the other people. And they look at the other people through a distorted lens, and therefore, they are falling into a dangerous, dangerous trap. You and I always tend to look at other people through the lens of our own insecurity and fear, and it will mess us up. It will always mess us up. The interesting thing here, it'd be hilarious if it really weren't so sad. It says, we, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Verse 33. All right, think about that. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. How do they know that? How do they know what the other people were thinking? Did they interview giants? Did they do some sort of survey? No, remember, they were spies. The other people don't even know that they're alive. I mean, they were hiding in the bushes. These other people never even saw these guys, never laid eyes on them, but somehow from a distance, they know what they're thinking. You know, as you read on in Scripture, you'll eventually learn that this part isn't true either. That's not what the Canaanites thought. But isn't it interesting, as we look at other people sometimes, we can read their mind. I know what you're thinking, yeah. and you're thinking about me. Isn't it funny? We often think that other people are thinking about us. I'll just tell you a little secret. It's probably not a secret. You're probably already thinking about it, but, but the waistband of my pants, it rolls over a little bit. It's, it's from all the brownies and fudge that I had over Christmas, and the inside of my pants is white, and this morning when I put the pants on, Casey said, what's that white above your belt? And so, so... I've I been thinking about it, and now as I stand in front of you, I figure you're all thinking about it. How many of you thought about it before I told you? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Now it's all you'll think about. But we do that, don't we? 
we, we do that. I'm having a bad hair day, and I imagine that everybody in the world is going to be looking at my hair today and thinking, man, he must have ran out of time. I mean, that's how we are. That's exactly how we are. I imagine that you're thinking about me, that you're looking at me, that you're judging me. And some of you do the very same thing. It's like we think we can read other people's minds, and we imagine that they're just always thinking about us, and they're probably thinking something bad. You see... Here's the amazing secret to life. This will set you free if you can understand. Will you listen to me? I'm about to tell you something really true. You ready for this? Nobody's thinking about you. We think very little about you, to be honest. We just aren't thinking about you. As a matter of fact, that last 20 minutes you spent in the bathroom today, you could have skipped it all together. We would have never noticed the difference. People just aren't thinking about you. They're not necessarily looking at you. We don't know what kind of car you drive, and we don't care. We just don't care. We don't care that your pants are a little bit tight today. We don't care that you're having an acne flare-up. We just don't care. Nobody's thinking about that. Nobody. Only you. Only you. And you're driving yourself crazy. The Bible says it's a dangerous trap. It's a dangerous trap. And yet you and I become so absolutely worried about what other people are going to think of us. And we become so absolutely worried that they're going to judge us or reject us or, or somehow make fun of us. And you've got to understand, number one, you don't know what they're thinking. You don't read minds. But number two, there are five billion people on the planet Nobody's paying attention to you. You're not the center. Five billion people in the planet, and we're supposed to notice that your shoes don't match. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Yeah. You're sitting in a restaurant. The people at the table behind you start laughing. You think they're laughing at me? They must be laughing at me. Do you understand that that's, that's almost crazy. Do you understand that the Bible says that's a dangerous, dangerous trap? Other people are not looking at you like you think they are. Other people are not thinking about you. They have an awful lot on their minds. If they don't smile at you at church, it's probably not because they don't like you. You understand? Do you understand? You can't read people's minds. The children of Israel couldn't read people's minds. Those people didn't even know the children of Israel were in the bushes, but somehow they figured they were looking at them and thinking they were grasshoppers. That's borderline crazy. You can't read minds. And if you could, you would find out that almost nobody's thinking about you. It's just not about you. When you walk in school... The spotlight's not on you. Nobody's paying attention to what you wear. Nobody's paying attention to your shoes. Nobody's watching you like you think they are. But it's a deadly trap. I'm telling you. I've worked on this sermon series for a long, long time, not because I couldn't put the sermons together, but because I didn't know how to stand up and preach it. This is a trap that I've fallen into in my life. I am just one of those people that's always been taught to be a nice guy. And I don't plan on, you know, not being nice anymore. 
but it's just that tendency that I would confuse kindness or niceness. I mean, kindness, of course, is a fruit of the Spirit. It comes from Christ. But for me, kindness often had more to do with, with manipulating the way people would think of me. It wasn't about imitating Christ. It was just about having people like me. You understand? It's a deadly trap, the Bible says. You just can't live your lives always trying to get inside other people's heads and figure out whether or not they like you. You can't always be making your choices based on what's going to make everybody else happy. Do you understand? I suppose it's a nice thing when you can make people happy, but the problem is I don't exist to make other people happy. I exist to serve and please God. And God alone. And when I put people in that place, when I begin living my life before people, then I forget that I'm supposed to be living my life before God and God alone. You just got to notice what the people say. Notice their language. That they leave their camp with a promise from God. The promise is simple. I'm giving you this land. That's the first thing they should know. And it's what God says. I'm giving you this land. God has brought them out of slavery. They have seen the Red Sea part. Do you understand? They have seen the, the plagues. They've seen God's judgment on Egypt. They have seen God do so much on their behalf. How could they forget? How could they so quickly take their eyes off of God and start looking at the people? But that's exactly what they do. When they come back from the land, all but two of them, all they can talk about is the people. The people are huge. The people are mean. The people eat nails for breakfast. The people dress in barbed wire. They're gladiators. Even the kindergarten girls are giant gladiators. They're much more impressed with the people than they are with their God. It's a dangerous trap. Because notice what happens next. Chapter 14, verse 1. The whole community began weeping out loud. Now stop right there. They're crying out loud. They cried all night. Remind me, what are they crying about? Did I miss something? Did something happen and now they should cry all night? Nothing has happened. Understand that? Nothing has happened. They have nothing to cry about, and yet now they cry all night long. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protests against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt. Okay, yesterday they were happy. Today they wish they were dead. Did I miss something? Did something happen? Are we missing a page in the Bible? We should have died. I wish we were dead. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? I'm sorry, did I miss the battle? Have we had a battle yet? No, but they're already dead. In their minds, they're dead. But let's keep going. Notice how they play the whole movie for it and it just gets worse. Our wives and our children will be carried off as plunder. Now, all of a sudden, their wives and children are carried off. Did I miss something? Did I miss something? Oh, no, that's right. They're still in the camp. Is there a battle yet? No, as a matter of fact, I remind you, the other people don't even know they're there. But in their minds, it's over. They're dead people. Their children, their wives are carried off, and it's all over. We should have just died in Egypt. 
And they cry all night with nothing to cry about. Do you understand why the fear of people is a dangerous trap? Let's just be real honest. In your life, God must be bigger than people. In your life, God must be bigger. You must be more impressed with God than you are with people. God must mean more to you than people mean to you. What God thinks of you must be more important to you than what other people think of you. God must be bigger. God said, I'm giving you the land. God heard their cries when there were slaves in Egypt. God has never turned his face away from these people. He did not bring them out of Egypt to let them die in the wilderness. But guess what? They're going to die in the wilderness. That's not what God intended, but that's what's going to happen because they have accepted a lie and believed it as true, and therefore it affects them as if it were true. Understand, the giants didn't defeat them. There hasn't even been a battle. It was their fear of the people that defeated them. And that's the dangerous trap for them and for us. It's... It's a dangerous trap. You have to understand that your life is in God's hands. Your life is in God's hands. It's not in the hands of other people. That's why the psalmist says, God is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, all through Scripture, it tells you that this fear of other people is a trap. Your life is in God's hands. The children of Israel are who God says that they are, and they're able to do what God wants them to do. But they walk away from all of that because they become convinced that people have the power somehow to cancel God's intention to bless them. That's not true. It's not true, but since they accept that lie as truth, it begins to operate as if it were true. They give it all up. You understand that? They walk away from the promised land. They are standing six inches from the future that God has for them, but they turn and walk away from it because they're afraid of people. It doesn't matter that God says, I've already given it to you. It doesn't matter that God says, you go in and I'll fight for you. It doesn't matter. What God says doesn't matter because all they can see, all they can hear, the only thing they think about are people. And that fear of people is a dangerous, dangerous trap. On this day, they completely forfeit. All the blessings that God had for them. They're going to die in the wilderness just like they say. But not because that's what God wanted. It's because that's what they choose. So afraid of people. So how do you get rid of this? Some of us, it's just how we, how we think. It's how we act. We are somehow wired, it, it feels like, to... To, to just live for people. And, and we worship public opinion. 
We need people to like us. We need people to think well of us. We need other people somehow to be, to be less so that we can feel like more. We need other people to be inferior so we can feel superior. But since other people seem to be superior, we're always feeling inferior. I mean, it's a dangerous trap. How do we get out of this trap? How do we somehow get past this fear of people? Very simple remedy. Very simple remedy. If you want to learn to, to fear people less, you just need to fear God more. You have to learn to fear God and God alone. Your, your life is in his hands. He is the one who looks deep into your heart. He's the only one who knows what he put in you. He made you. Your life is in his hands. He alone knows what you're capable of doing. And you can do everything he calls you to do. Nobody, nobody can get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. Nobody can take that away. Do you understand that? God is God. People are not. Your life is in his hands. You worry so much about what people think of you. Have you ever stopped to wonder what God thinks? You're so liable to bend because of peer pressure at school. But but do you understand that that you're so willing to, to act sinfully just so that you don't look stupid in the eyes of people? Don't you understand that you should fear God more? It's almost like a joke. I mean, it's almost like a a comedy in a way that these people go into the promised land. They tour it. It's a 500-mile round trip. They come back and they say it's exactly like God promised. It's beautiful there. It's beautiful there. But we'll never be able to live there because of the people. Don't ever let people take away what God wants to give you. Don't ever let people have the power in your life to take away what God has promised you. Don't give people that kind of power over you. You were not created to fear them. You're created to fear God. Your life is in His Of whom should you be afraid? Pray with me. Oh God, truth is, we just see people all the time, all around us, Lord. And to be honest, in our past, we have been rejected and, and we have been made fun of, and, and Lord, we have been left out, and it's, it's painful, Lord, to live in such a way where, where other people somehow don't accept us. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would take our eyes off of the people and, and fix our eyes upon you, God. Our security, our acceptance, our self-worth is never going to be provided to us by, by people.
People will always disappoint us. People are never what they seem to be, Lord. Everybody, Lord, is more or less just like us, Lord, weak and broken and in need of a Savior. So, Lord Jesus, help us to think less about the acceptance of other people. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in the fact that you have accepted us. Help us to worry less about what others think of us. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in the fact that you say that you love us and that you call us by name and that we are yours. Help us to think less about being included in other people's parties, Lord. Help us to rejoice more that our names are written in heaven, Lord. You have included us forever. Help us to think less about whether or not others know our name or think well of us. Help us to rejoice that our names are written heaven. Lord, we don't necessarily know all that you have for us, but Lord, we want all that you have for us. We want everything that you've promised us. We want to walk into the future that you've promised and prepared for us, Lord. Let nothing take that away from us. Lord, let us not focus our eyes and be so impressed with people, Lord. Instead, let us focus our eyes and worship you. Lord, some of us just feel like slaves to other people. We feel like they have all the power over us. They have everything and we feel like nothing. Jesus, I pray that you would lift us up today. That you would satisfy our souls. That you would help us, Lord, to see ourselves in the mirror of your word. Help us, Lord. Stop looking at people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.